Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. It's Not a Burden is an intimate, humorous, and heartfelt journey into the stories of adult children navigating the challenges and joys of caring for their aging parents. Featuring filmmaker Michelle Moyner's complex and tender journey caring for her own parents, the film also provides a glimpse into the lives of several other families, each with their own diverse backgrounds, unique challenges, and personalities. It's, it is a heartwarming film, and it's very personal, but yet it's very universal. The film is called It's Not a Burden, and we're joined today by the director, writer, producer, Michelle Boyander, as well as the producer, Katie Ford. To both of you, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank Thanks you. so much for having us, Mike. Thank you. Well, I, I have a pretty good idea of the inspiration for the documentary and that your mom, Elaine, was going through some of life's late stage challenges, but what prompted you to pick up a camera and start to document this, Michelle? At the time, which would be kind of back at 2014, let's say, late 2014, uh, we were on the road with our previous film and I found myself getting phone calls from the woman that ran the board and care where my mother was saying, your mom's locked herself in the bathroom or you need to take her to see the eye doctor or you know, different things that were requiring my attention. I found myself trying to schedule appointments for my parents for when I would be home from the road. And uh, it was just kind of a new thing to suddenly have all these things uh, pulling me towards them that, that needed to be done. And then as I started talking about it with other friends, I, we found that we were all kind of going through this, that we all had kind of graduated into this, this new stage where we were trying to help our parents stay, stay on that path and, and make their way down the path. And I knew that if I was going through it, I thought this is something I could do to, to help other people. So because I'm a storyteller, I thought I'm going to share my story. So we, we put cameras up in the car and thought we're going to film with my mom every time I'm with her because other people should have access to this. And Katie Ford, uh, where did you come into the project? Michelle and I and, and Barbara, her partner and the incredible cinematographer, have been friends for many years. And I'm a television writer and a screenwriter primarily. And I would always love hanging out in Michelle and Barbara's office where they would just make edit these incredible, beautiful projects, their last one being uh, Packed in a Trunk, the documentary they did for HBO, which was amazing. So I was visiting and they, they'd already, I'd known about the project and that they'd been working on it for some time. And I just, on their office door were little portraits that Barbara had taken of each one of the families. And it was there to help them with their storytelling or whatever, but I just would stare at each one of these pictures and each one was such a rich life and I could feel such a story come from each person. So much compassion, so much humor just in those photographs. And I just wanted to hang out and be part of it. That's how it really started. And then I just came on as a producer to help raise additional funds or for us to all celebrate and ring the bell when someone had sent in another $50. And <laughs> for many years, it had been kind of a dream of mine also to be part of such good work, but also to be part of something from the ground up where you can feel its 
um, origin and its connection to the subjects and to stories themselves. So it just, it was very inspiring for me to be part of it. And then to see how it's turned out has just been an incredible creative experience for me. And thank you for talking about this sort of episodic uh, uh, format for the, in the film, where we get to meet a lot of different people, a lot of different backgrounds, a lot of different stories of their dynamics within their family. And I think one of the strengths of the film is, Michelle, your, your ability to kind of get us a lot of information in a very short period of time about family dynamics and yeah. relationships and for us to be able to understand. But these life matters, are, are which are so universal. Uh, but we get that en enough information to be able to relate to that situation and the empathy that you're able to generate. And like I said, in a very brief amount of time, how did you get to meet these people? I, I knew from the very beginning that I didn't want to just make a film about my story with my parents. I mean, that that could have I could have filled the whole time with that. But I, I wanted everyone to have a way in. I wanted it to be relatable. I wanted people to be able to see a glimpse of, of themselves somehow. And so we began reaching out first on social media to any groups we belong to, to say, who's going through this? What, what's happening? And we really did sort of like a real life casting call of who wants to share their story. And then we began reaching out through adult community centers, through uh, religious leaders, rabbis, uh, family doctors, anyone we knew that would have a connection with a diverse group of families. And we started getting some yeses we got a lot of people that didn't want to open, you know, open their stories up to it. And I understand that. But we had we had 32 families, 32 brave families that did share their stories with us. We ended up with 20. So there are, you know, a good a good portion of families that didn't make it into the final cut, but who nonetheless shared such beautiful glimpses into what their journeys were. Uh, but who we who we did uh, end up with, we felt really gave a kind of a patchwork quilt of, of stories of the different from a, a, fam, a mother who's in a you know, $15,000 a month uh, assisted living beautiful community to a family that's uh, sharing a one bedroom apartment to a mobile home, all the different, a daughter moving in with her parents, parents moving in with their children. So we just really wanted to try and give you that kind of uh, Las Vegas buffet style sampling of, of families. For this experience. But yeah. some were very close to home as well. For example, Maxine and Esther Lapidus, who uh, Maxine is a good friend of all of us here, and Esther, who had formerly been a stand-up in Pittsburgh and grew up like just was this incredible local performer. And in her 90s, even, as you can see in the film, has just this incredible energy and sense of spirit and entertainment. And it was like knowing Esther and the whole history that they've had and is sort of how this, the storytelling was formed was also through Michelle having a history of her own parents when they were young. So each family has its own story as we do in real life because when we look at our parents, we don't see, we sometimes see the older person, but we also see that person that we grew up with. And so this became this beautiful episodic or patchwork glimpse into stories of families' lives. And that's sort of what's also so relatable and, and wonderful. Right. And just to amend uh, just sort of that description a little bit in that while we get these 
uh, glimpses into the lives of a lot of different people, as you mentioned, the 20. We also expand out on a few of them, and Esther Correct. is really one of them. And the other one whose name just left me, the the guy, the clutter, the man who known for clutter. What, My who, father, the king of clutter, Morris. I think one of the things about the film, It's Not a Burden, is that the there are some of these arcs are encouraging. Some of them are not because this is the world we live in. This is reality. Not all, not all people who we see in the film are are, are going to end in in a in a place that we would hope they could end up. The horror of dementia, the things that happen. But where there are few that your father and also with Esther, they seem to really uh, thrive in in the right kind of environment. And as I don't want to give away too much about. Morris's arc, but it, mm -hmm. it good things happen, and good things happen, and you see a really kind of a, an improvement in the mental state of those people in the film, which I think is really an important thing to be able to showcase. Yeah, and it was and it was important to us because I didn't want to make a film where we had you know beautiful shots of old people in walkers, you know, just walking off into the sunset. And, you know, uh, I wanted to show life as it was happening. And believe me, there, there were definitely highs and lows with every story for yeah. sure. Yeah. And, but we definitely, that's why it's the humor and heartache. You know, we wanted the humor. We wanted, we, yes, we have to show the heartache because of course that that's there. Um, that's, you know, understood. Uh, but the humor is there, and so many of us uh, use that as as medicine, as a weapon, as a, you know, a tool to to help us on this journey. And that's for sure how I was growing up. I used humor however I could, and in all our filmmaking, you know, we call it hiding the medicine in the banana. You know, so it's like, yes, we we want to share this with you, and we want to try to give you a glimpse, and it might be a little painful, but we're going to give you uh, some relief. We're going to laugh. You might cry, but we're going to, you're going to laugh too. And, and so, yeah, I mean, to be able to showcase Esther, who we had had in our lives and known for almost 20 years and, and really Maxine, her daughter was on that journey ahead of us, several years ahead of us. So I was watching her caring for her parents before my journey started with mine. So she became sort of my first confidant in this and as well as Mike, who you see, the, the sandwich dad, the dad who moved next door to his mom with the twin teenagers, he and I went to high school together. And he was always caring for his parents as well. So there were people that I knew I wanted to turn to who were a few steps ahead of this on, on this journey. And I knew that, uh, that they would open their hearts and, and, and they knew they could trust us. And, and they did. And it was very you know, rewarding all the way around and hopefully will be as rewarding for the audience too. The uh, Thank you for completing the title of the film. I've just been saying, it's not a burden, the humor and heartache of raising elderly parents. And using the, the term raising elderly mm -hmm. parents is absolutely uh, a, a good way to put it. It's a great way to put it. And it is a journey. There's a couple of things that I noticed and you, from your observation uh, will help me if I'm being correct or not, people who seem to be more tuned in to the arts, to music and dance and things like that, seem to be able to be more adaptive and more. And they, I always say, I used to say about my mom, 
you know, whatever you go into this condition with is what will probably carry through the rest. Mm. My mom went in angry and she stayed angry for a long time. And I, and I think that's, a, there, there's that part of it, but also people who love music mm-hmm. and, and, and it was a part of their life or the arts or some other seem to be able to deal with this better. Uh, either Katie or, or or Michelle, I don't know, um, you know, if my observations are accurate or or something. Yeah, I mean, we definitely uh, experienced that those who we came in contact with who were experiencing uh, dementia, music brought them back. Yeah, uh, music brought brought a joy back to them that they didn't have to. Uh, that wasn't complicated at all. It was a simple thing that fit right into a slot that was like you know, as if you put a quarter in a pin, uh, some kind of a machine and it came to life, you know, and, you know, for, for my mom, uh, you know, John Denver, John Denver, John Denver, you know, every time, a lot of the time uh, she wanted to hear a lot of that, but also you mentioned if you, if you're angry and you go into it angry, you know, that kind of a thing. We did actually come up with a term and we called it bitch mencha. And it was actually like that anger that yeah. someone with dementia might sort of float in and out of. And it'd be like, you know, well, how's, how's mom doing today? Well, it was a little bitch mencha you know? <laughs> and because uh, you, you come up with things like that during this. But yes, indeed, both those things. So, but music a, was very important. Go ahead, Kate. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, also what you just shared, Mike, because that's one of the things that I have found in with Michelle being involved with all the different families, but the way people talk about it, who are either in it or have seen it, is everybody brings this wisdom. Like you just brought an insight and a wisdom about how your mom would have approached it and you having the thought that that's how she'll get through it. And that adds to the fabric of this movie. Yeah. This movie is like, it, it just has that. So when, when movies are, when they connect, everybody gets to be a part of it. And that's kind of what's beautiful about observing the process of this yeah. film too. Yeah. I know that anger is, it's sort of in the, on the continuum of dementia is a phase people go through, but my mom was angry before. And I think in some ways that kind of kept her going, sustained mm. her for a long period. So I don't think it's the healthiest way to do this, but it's what, what it, as you said, Katie, it's kind of what it is. It's what, you know, your mind and body are presenting. And Anita Baker was her jam, by the way. Oh, nice. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's an enlightened part of anger, too. There's a power there. And that, yeah. and that will yeah. that willpower will keep you going. And there's something to take from that. But Anita yeah. Baker, come on. Yeah. I, 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 I would literally I'd pick her up and we drive around and I put on Anita Baker oh. and she would sing along as best she could. She would she could oh. still sing, you know, Mike. Yeah, you've changed Anita Baker for me forever now. Beautiful. I love that so much. Yeah. I'm gonna think of you. I'm gonna. Be, uh, uh, uh. I'm curious uh, as to people who have seen this. I've, I assume some of the people in the film have watched uh, the finished product. What's been the reaction in terms of you know the the effect it's had on on them and what they saw in the film? Several of the of the parents have been lost, uh, have have passed since this has happened. Since right. we've been in production for you know five years, quite a powerful experience for many of them to be able to see what that was, what that relationship looked like after having lost a parent. So it was very uh, deeply felt and powerful for them. The response has has been one of being very proud to have 
made that decision to share their stories because seeing it as part of a group in the way that we're presenting it, I think everyone feels like we were the bucket brigade, you know, and we're just all there on the front lines together. And, and I think that there has been a, a, a real sense of being a part of something that hopefully will really make a difference, helping people know that you're not the only one going through this and, and we've gone through this and this is what it looks like, you know. That's so, an, really, that's so important. That's, that's, what, I think that's why the, we made it. That's yeah, exactly. It's such an important thing. Katie, uh, I'm, an op, another observation I made about the film was there is a preponderance of women caregivers in the film. And I'm not to cast dispersion on my gender, but it does seem, and this has been my personal experience as well, all of the facilities, the vast majority were women the, because we went through a few. The home that we ended up with was all women. I know there's a nurturing component to being uh, a woman, but I, I'm 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 a little I'm a little miffed that we don't okay. see more men involved in this on a on in on a regular basis. Katie, is I'm that? Gonna, a, I'm going to hand this back to Michelle, but first yeah. I'm just going to say that this whole notion of one of the other things that I find so beautiful about the the film is that it feels like love. Yeah. You feel the love from the daughter to the parents. You also feel it from them, you know, guys like Mike, you know, who takes care of his children and his parents. And it's like to show love in action, which is what this caregiving is, yeah. is yeah. such a remarkable thing. And I think that more than ever, that's something that um, it hasn't fallen to men ne necessarily. It's all, it tends to be the daughters who step up. And, and I think, Michelle, you can speak to that. But it's time you know, especially having gone through the time we've all gone through in the last year for a coronavirus, that care has, I hope it becomes more in, fa in fashion and that it takes strength to care, strength to love. And that's what we see in, in both the men and the women that are uh, depicted. But I think you're right about the stats. Michelle, what do you think about that? Yeah, no, I, absolutely. And, and it wasn't for uh, lack of trying. We definitely wanted to uh, include more sons, you know, and, and reached out. The, the sons that we did, and we did have two sons that didn't make it into the final cut, but neither of them were present in the day-to-day -day of their mothers. They were just sharing what their point of view kind of was from afar. And, and, and so in the end, those stories didn't make it in. But the point is it does, it does fall on the daughter. And if there's a daughter-in-law, it will fall on her before before it'll fall on the sun, you know? And so it, it we really just did find that. And we found these mighty, brave, powerful, fearless, and fearful women who were just MacGyvering their way through it, you yeah, know? And, yeah. and, and, and they were the ones that said, yes, I'll talk, I'll, I'll share my story, you know? And so it's not to say that there aren't some sons, but uh, there sure are a lot of daughters, definitely. I know, for example, in the very complicated relationship that I had with my mom, um, that I had so much anger, like anger was the third passenger in the car with us when this all started, you know? And I, I slowly but surely realized that this woman that I had been doing battle with uh, all my adult life, um, was not the same person anymore, you know, because of what was happening with her dementia, you know, so it wasn't fair. We weren't in the same boxing ring together anymore, you know? Right, right. Uh, and so I sort of had to uh, really learn uh, forgiveness and to have empathy 
to not be doing it with, you know, kind of poison and, and you know, holding, holding the, the poison there and I'll do it. I'll hold my nose while I do this, you know, and it did start that way, but it doesn't end that way, you know? And so yeah. that, that, like you said, learning that empathy and, and what we say in the film is, you know, it, it really is a gift, you know, and for me, forgiveness was something that I did to help ease what was happening. But in the end, it was a gift for myself as well, you know? Yeah. So, um, and, and so for us, even though several of the people are experiencing dementia, you know, we definitely have other stories that dementia has not touched them, but there's something else, you know, that's something else that's complicating things for them. And so right. it's, you just, you know, ev everybody, you just don't know what anybody's going through, you know? And right. so that's, your mom was terrific. She's such a bright personality and she had a sense of humor. That's another thing that I find in all of this. Having a sense of humor is a huge asset to have in all of this. You have to, you have to, you, you, you have to, if, if it was like sad, sad piano in the background and all of us just looking at old pictures, you know, we, it, it just, it can't be that for us on the, you, you know, uh, we found ourselves in so many situations where we were so frustrated with whatever was happening and we would be frustrated and, and then we would burst in laughing, burst out laughing because what can you do, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and all you can do is, 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 is try, is try to use that, use that laughter as ointment, use that laughter yeah. as, mm -hmm. as the medicine to, to help us. You really have to let go of your own ego in, in this mm. situation. You just have got to let go. I was go going to say that you were said, as you said, it didn't want to be self-aggrandizing. And to me, it's the op it sounds the opposite, which is just humility. And this also shines a light on really those people who are featured, those ch children, you know, of the adults who the empathy is hard earned and the forgiveness takes courage and all of, and, and the heroic loving nature of, of who these people become or started as, but as a result of going down this road, you feel it palpably when you watch it. Each right. one of these people is, a, it, it, I find incredibly inspiring. And it's easy to say this in hindsight, but, it, but you say it in the film, which is important, which is, you know, don't be afraid to confront this. Don't be afraid of it. This film will spur those conversations. And that's what we want, you know, but, and we want it. To get out there and we want people to not look at it and think oh no a film that's sad and filled with sad stories of old people because that's not what it is you know and so that's why i appreciate you talking about the humor of it and 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 the lighter parts of it as well well i want to thank yeah. you so very much for your time and for the film and uh, i want to let people know how they can go about seeing the film and um so the film is called it's not a burden the humor and heartache, speaking of humor, the humor and heartache of raising elderly parents. There are resources at the website. The website is called it's not a burden.com. And in addition to finding out information about the film, you'll also be able to find uh, resources. So if you're interested in doing that, you should. I've been joined today by the director, writer, producer, and that would be Michelle as well as the producer, Katie Ford. Thank you so much for your work and thank you for spending a little time with us today. Thank you so much, Mike. And, you know, appreciate you sharing what you shared with us as well.
You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Thank you.